Hello everyone and welcome to the DDG Show, episode 15. I am your host, Adrian, <coughs> and joining me today, as always, it's Maya. Hello! Was that, do I do a good sort of game show host? That's what I'm going for. Joining me today, it's Maya. <laughs> I don't know, you pretty much sound normal to me when you do that. Okay. That's how you normally talk. Is it? Welcome to your dinner. I'm your cook, Adrian, and here are the... And joining me is Chili. <laughs> okay, so um, today we're going to wrap up our... Uh, well, try, see how it goes. Wrap up our Operation Rainfall um, trilogy. Indeed. Uh, by talking about uh, Xenoblade Chronicles for the Wii. Arguably one of the greatest games of all time, no pressure. Well, it would be, except it's on the Wii, isn't it? <laughs> we would be saying that if it wasn't on the Wii. What are you trying to say? Come on now, the Wii? <laughs> I actually wanted to uh, read something. Uh, I had a, There's an article I wanted to read a bit of. I thought it would help spur our, our conversation when, when okay, it comes to it. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit of a crazy uh, thing that I came across, I happened across here. Okay. Um, and uh, it was written by you. Man. Oh, God. Ugh, um, oh, utter insanity on the net. It's a conversation starter, let's put it that way. Which begs the question as to why the game developers were so bloody keen on giving Melia a hard time. Is this high Entian prejudice? The girl loses her entire family because of a genetic mutation slash disease, witnesses them transform into beasts, go crazy, kills her own brother, and then gets dismissed by farm boy Shulk? That is just such a lot of bullshit! It's so unconvincing that Game Devices had to add some bullshit conversation between Melia and Sharla about how pure and shock I'm meant to be. Says who? Why did I not have any say on this crucial matter? If they're meant to be together, why did you have to rope in another character to convince the player, slash Melia, that this had to be the way forwards? What is Melia meant to do? Get her revenge by getting with Fiora's brother Dunban only to break his heart? Not a bad idea, actually. If you are going to create a love triangle, you need to allow the love triangle to develop and grow in whatever direction. The story demands! Rather than try to force it to go the way you intended. The fact Shulk ends up with Fiora, his childhood love. And not Melia, the girl he meets along the journey. Feels like a controlled Mekons and Homs living in harmony, think. And so, the makers of the game force the story to fit their purposes, rather than be true to the character's spirit and the story itself. In this way, it contradicts the values slash the message of Xenobody, making new friendships and bonds, and forging your own path beyond the power of a fixed destiny. What good is the power of the Monado to change the future if you can't choose your romantic destiny? Are you finished? The end. I agree with every single word that, that you just said, Adrian. <laughs> For the first time ever, I on a podcast, I'm just sitting here nodding, smiling. <laughs> See, I was genuinely here just expecting you to be squealing. No, stop it. No, because that's exactly... And I was saying it in that exact tone, in that manly voice, in my own head when, when I was writing it. No, just say here. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm open about my fangirl, fangirliness, about that aspect of the game. Well, I'm impressed that you are that yeah. open about it. I am that open about it. And I'm also emotionally mature enough <laughs> to, <laughs> to handle, just to nod to and to be like, yeah, reading. yeah, and own what I believe. 
I'm all about convictions and sticking up for what you believe in and that's that's what that's a lesson for all you girls and boys out there when you believe something you write it and and even when someone makes fun of it and like says your words and tries to make a joke out of it it's not you know what it doesn't matter it doesn't and if someone says oh well, it's just about the chronicles it's just about the love story and it doesn't really matter well do you know what it matters to me so f you f your standards this is what i believe I'm Maya, guest of the <laughs> guest of the podcast, and I think that fucking Melia should have been with Shulk. And no. I'm not ashamed to say no, that over, <laughs> not ashamed. over and over, not ashamed and over again. you've even brought this topic up has made me so happy that I forgive you. <laughs> it made you happy? Yeah, because I didn't think we were even going to discuss this aspect of it, and it's my favourite one. My favourite aspect in one of the best games of all time. Why wouldn't I be happy? Freaking ecstatic. Uh, okay. I will never waste an opportunity to grandstand, ever. No. <laughs> Clearly not. I would be dying in, in my chair if, if, you did, if you did something like that with one of my or someone anyone did something like that with one of my boasts or whatever well, made me out to be all like crazy and nuts. I mean maybe I am crazy and nuts but you know well thanks for the next podcast idea <sighs> eating out Ad- embarrassing Adrian's 17 oh. post from when he was 17 years old everyone. oh god yeah oh you could do it <laughs> I, I could you've actually got one of your old uh, articles there's there. old ones on the blog you could do that with and it would I would it would have the same effect definitely Okay, let's get down to the real business of the show. Yeah. One true pairing. I'm really feeling it. (laughs) Melia! Melia! No, Melia! Melia! Hero upon Ricky! (laughs) Hero upon Ricky! Hero upon Ricky! Rolly poly, keep on rolling! All about those freaking awesome English accents, which I just love so much. Oh, by the way, <laughs> but I, I don't know if we're going to put out this podcast before or after one about Xenoblade Chronicles X, but I need to to mention the voices. Obviously, we love the voice acting in, in, the, in Xenoblade Melia. Chronicles. It's so, it's hilarious. Yeah. So many just, my rifle's getting hotter. <laughs> the lines. <laughs> so much in your window. The lines are amazing. Okay. Um, it's and, prime time. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Now it's Ryan time. Now it's Ryan time. God blimey! <laughs> that stuff is all is 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 fantastic, right? Uh, in Xenoblade Chronicles X, they, they have a you know they, they have a American accents because um, obviously you know X came out in America, um, and it was Nintendo of America who did all the translation and localization stuff. Whereas the original was done by uh, Nintendo of Europe. So in Chronicles X, when you're creating a character, you have the option to do the classic voice. You can, because you get to choose between a selection of voice actors mm-hmm. who will do the voices of your thing. And there is the classic one, which is an English voice actor. And thank you, Monolith, for putting that in because that has given us, <laughs> gave us a wonderful new line. <laughs> have, have a biscuit! biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> the line. <laughs> it's just I've just perfect. scared the cat because of my massive laugh. 
Uh, have a biscuit. Can we? There's another one, isn't there? I want to say there's something else, but have a biscuit just made us laugh <laughs> there is, so what much. Is it? Um, it's so earnest. That's that's the thing. The thing about that's it. That's the thing. That's, Most um, English people, you know, with their voice, they have their voice. They have this ridiculous voice. You know, we have these ridiculous accents. So we just have a thin layer of irony and sarcasm layered thickly over everything. So, whereas, and I, they kind of missed that out, so it's, it's to me it just sounds absolutely hilarious. Yeah, it's that, it's that sort of earnest, like, you know, come on, come on, guys, let's do it. Exactly, which I associate with Americanness. Yeah, yeah. Kind of can-do, frontier, pioneering attitude. You know, yeah. you know, work as a team. Whereas English people are more like, let's just self-deprecate. Let's just sarcasm yeah, exactly, our way Yeah, exactly, exactly. And Xenobade was kind of nice, because it, it sort of, takes all that stuff away and, and it, but it means as a result you know because yeah, Adrian and I are like the most I don't know if you noticed in that thing that he just read some of the most earnest English people you will ever meet freaking we're like freaking we don't have like we're both very unusual in that regard in my opinion but anyway nerds forever by the way but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well I definitely think you are <laughs> you are Maya but I I, I I'm definitely I'd say I'm more less on the earnest side Okay. But, but too much Thanks. Time. Okay, I'm just going to go and cry now. Yeah, good. Because <laughs> that fits. That fits with what we're talking about. That's true, actually. That Touche. Touche. Yeah. Thank you. Um, tears are coming in my eyes. I, I mean, that's all I had to say about Xenoblade, really. I mean, I'm. You just wanted to talk about the accents. I mean, I could give you a list of like my favourite moments, uh, which are, there are many of. Do you, know, do you know, actually, maybe a productive way to go about this discussion would be to. Because the thing is, it's been quite a long... It's been a long time now, I feel like, since I played Xenoblade. Uh, the original, I think, uh, we played it at the start of 2015. So my memories are a bit are, are a bit hazy. Uh, so I think it would be, you know, helpful to talk about how it differs from the last story and Pandora's Tower that we talked about more recently. Because, um, I mean, I, I thought of this... That this is almost a polar opposite to that game in a lot of ways you know the the last story is very linear and very actiony uh feels i compared it with like resident evil 4 it's got that sort of like set pieces and like going down corridors you know going to locations that you'll never go back to um and it'll be really quick fast paced boom 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 go from one area to the next right sorry freddy krueger's arrived a a cat is scratching on the door but anyway um (laughs) Um, I shot her out because she was naughty, not because she was making fun of me. But anyway, um, let me let me think. That should be me out there right now. It should that should be you. Let me in. Let me in. I'm sorry for calling. Let me in. Sorry. Have a biscuit. <laughs> Have a biscuit. <laughs> Don't even like biscuits. Um, do you think that the reason she says have a biscuit is because in America they have cookies? So it's just that's, oh, it, the, that's they were the only English word they could think of. They wanted to play on the Englishness part of it. Yeah, yeah. What
Yeah, or just if you had any... Well, the you know, thing, if you, if you the had thing, any thoughts yes, about I, it. Yes, I mean, the, the central thing that I, I said about these three games, like Operation Rainbow Games, what kind of bonded them together, other than the fact that they just were unfairly not let into the um, into America, um, is the fact that they are what I describe as integrated RPGs, conceptual RPGs. They're interested in the way that the story and the gameplay crossover and interact and to me this is this is most successful in Xenoblade Chronicles and this is to me why it is probably one of the best games in recent years definitely a classic because um you yeah, and it's a strength in all of them isn't it, it all is three a, of them all of them have this uh, it all mm-hmm. um makes them better it does and and I and I feel like in this game in particular as you see, there's this earnest quality to it, which is quite common, I think, in RPGs of you saving the world, and there are all these tropes that go with the RPG. But there's this freshness. I felt like Xenoblade Chronicles came out at a time when people thought that the RPGs were tired because Final Fantasy, you know, Square Enix, have basically, you know, are making the same game over and over and over again, just with another layer of bombast and another layer of boys that look like girls, and basically. They're kind of just parodies of what they once were, and or, or what they I think what they did they they with thirteen which I, I've not played but as I understand it it went down a similar route to the last story yeah it stripped out the the world map it stripped out the sort of the the sense of freedom and the the kind of sense that you can go to all these different places and they talked and and they talked about it uh, square and they said look we can't do it in HD. That's the problem. It's too expensive. It's exactly. too difficult. And, and they went, so they said, okay, as a response, let's make it more linear. Let's make it more mm-hmm. going down corridors. And that's exactly what the last story did. And Xenoblade is the total, total opposite. opposite. And it shows that you can make a better game for that reason. And it also, I think, really, it, it understands why a person would want to play an RPG as opposed to any other genre. Mm. RPGs, what what do they have over other genres? They have the chance to explore a different land. It is like walking around a novel, okay? it's it, As you said, this is a more fantasy rather than a sci-fi. You know, Xenoblade X um, Chronicles X is a more sci-fi uh, game, and this is a much more kind of fantasy-like game. And it is literally like walking around a kind of fantasy landscape that takes your breath away you you um get to help people and you feel very invested and you have like ways of tracking how you know, helping people and connecting people through the affinity chart and collecting different things through the collectopedia and the all of these different systems um come together and cohere with the storyline and with the and with the battle system as well actually yeah um in such a way that provides a kind of coherent kind of comprehensive game that that's what makes it feel like a classic there are flaws to it but the feeling of cohesion is very different to any rpg of recent years in my opinion Mm. it's got a complete feeling it's got a resolved complete feeling which is why the melee and shock thing pisses me off so much because it's such a such a fucking smudge on such a nice surface you know (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, I thought one of the most impressive things in Xenoblade, and it carries over into the sequel as well, is the, the battle system and how it feels very action-y. And, and in that sense, that's one of the things that is actually similar to The Last Story. And also, if you recall with The, the Last Story, we talked about, obviously, it has this um, mechanic in the story where you uh, get a 
what does he get? He gets the mark of the outsider, isn't it? And that allows him to... He can sort of control the flow of battle. He can control enemies, where they're going to... You know, what the aggro, basically, is. is, I know that's a common term that's used in, like, Monster Hunter and stuff like that. You control the aggro. And in Xenoblade, you control the aggro of enemies as well. But in, in Xenoblade, you also have this... This, the, the system that connects it to the story is the idea that um, your main character, Shulk, can sometimes... Glimpse the future. Sometimes can see the future and he can do something about it. So um, you see when a, an enemy is about to do a big attack that might kill uh, one of your teammates and it gives you a chance to react in advance and say, OK, I'm going to put a shield on them or I'm going to heal them in advance so it doesn't kill them or I'm going to kill the enemy quickly to stop that from happening. And basically it's just connected to the idea that you can change your destiny. and that Yeah, it ties into the wider themes the, of the story, yeah. absolutely. Um, but I just think there's a really nice pairing of this really quite action-y battle system and um, a massive world, whereas the last story has a really action-y battle system and a really linear, really mm. small, constricted world. Yeah. Um, I mean, and the, the, though saying that with Xenoblade, one of the things that I, I mean, my one of my favorite aspects of it was building up Colony Nine and then Colony Six. Mm-hmm. So those are the two kind of main towns, if you like. There are other sort of places that you can visit, but they're the ones that, that most amount of time mm. y- you spend there. Yeah, the and other one, well, the other ones are alien, sort of not aliens, but you know, they're they're other races and they're other. Yeah, yeah and they're not as they just don't they're not as big and yeah. it's not as much stuff going on there. Yeah. Whereas the with Colony uh, Nine and Colony Six, there there are these um, places where the Homs or the humans are. And you um, do certain quests, and you uh, trade with people, and which then makes these towns better and and brighter and happier. And in Colony Six, that's reflected in the music. The music becomes more and more cheerful and jubilant until by the end of it, it's nauseatingly happy and cheerful. Um, and it really, is. <laughs> really, it's just like whoa, okay, very very happy. All right, calm down. Um, but it's really a very satisfying feeling. So, and and I feel like you have the freedom to go and explore. But then, when you want a bit of sort of groundedness and just like I want to just do a couple of the smaller quests, you have the freedom to go back and do those smaller quests and and have the nice feeling of being in a town and and interacting with people and dealing with their smaller stories. And I felt like that it was perfectly pitched mm. to feel balanced in that regard. Yes. I never felt like when I was doing those smaller quests, bar one exception, Ice Cabbage, if you played the game, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, or Ice which is, which is or whatever what, it was. Yeah, no, you're right. And it's, that's like one in a thousand, yeah. by the way. But yeah, that yeah, one really that, sticks in the mind. Yes, that one sticks in the mind. And there are many articles probably written about that on the, on the net. Um, but you know, you, I never felt like I was being taken away from the big story when I went in to do the smaller quest. And when I did the smaller quest, I didn't feel like I was going away from the bigger story. Right, and yeah. that is an incredibly difficult thing to have achieved in a game of this size and length. Mm-hmm. And I felt that consistency throughout the whole of the game. That's a pretty amazing achievement, in my yeah. opinion. It is. It is. I, I agree. Um, I just think there's so many things about the game that were pitch perfect and so many memorable parts it is it's such a long game Mm. and uh i think i've i'm sure i've written about this on the blog before but the thing that really impresses me is that it's so consistent over that length there's not a sort of really 
uh, a dry patch in the in the game. Uh, there's not a, a, a section or, or anything where I felt like, uh, or even there was maybe a time when I thought, uh, this maybe isn't quite as good as the stuff before it. But then something would come and I was like, oh, but that's even that's better. That's you know raised it back up almost immediately. So over that kind of length of time, I mean, I think the play time to get to the end. Uh, was about 70 hours I want to say 80 hours mm. it's long uh, but for it to be consistent throughout that it didn't feel I know uh, that is a hell of a long time but it didn't feel like a long time and it was so consuming mm. and and Xenoblade Chronicles X by the way is also consuming but at the end of uh, the original Xenoblade I was left wanting more and at the end of Chronicles X I w- I'd had enough and I was like, I've had enough, and I didn't do. A, I know we've we talk about this elsewhere, but I didn't want to do a lot of the stuff that's you know after the main story. But in Xenoblade, I wanted to see all of it mm. because it is just that compelling. Mm. It's one of those games I feel like it takes a long time to get into. Uh, there's a lot of the game to reveal itself, not just the locations and things like that. But there's a lot of systems, and they take time to understand and to you know get to get to grips with. I I totally would recommend uh, even if you even if you're not a fan of RPGs I feel like this is the game that will I'm sure I've written this but it is the game that will make you like RPGs if even if you're not a fan and I I just feel like it has given a new lease of life to the idea that RPGs can be good and mm. impressive and cinematic and all the things that you really like about an RPG but also the stuff that modern gaming has and it and it puts it and it also just like sticks two fingers up to games like um Fallout 3 open world RPG which which just doesn't understand what a person is looking for when they're playing a game like this uh, pet hate uh, you, yeah. you know, there's not enough pet hate in this yeah. in this uh, episode yet no true <laughs> i i you know i would sort of put it you know, you have these sort of different phases of RPGs and, and, and of the genre. And the one that always comes to my head is like Chrono Trigger of a game that is sort of, you know, compact. And it's kind of, it's the peak, the pinnacle of a certain kind of way of doing a Japanese RPG. Since then, since that time, you've had, game, you know, RPGs going off in different directions. You know, trying like the PS1, I feel like in general, PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2... Which tend to be tending towards sort of being more cinematic and 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 bigger, way bigger in terms of the length and everything like that. And uh, the nice thing about Xenoblade, it's very refreshing. Uh, I mean, it is obviously extremely long, as I said. It's not like it, it departs in that way, but the to, for it to be action oriented, for it to have these sort of like MMO like quests and you know these masses of side quests, it just feels fresh, and it's just a. a you know, a new take, a very new, very original take on the on the RPG that doesn't feel like it's just sort of finessing or trying to sort of improve on things that were in Chrono Trigger that didn't that didn't need to be improved upon, that couldn't be improved upon. Um, maybe you know, it, it takes it in a in a different direction, and I think it really absolutely succeeds. And uh, yeah, and, and it's the ge- it's a game I would recommend to to anyone. I think really, uh, and the nice thing is actually. It wasn't all that accessible. It's quite hard to get hold of on the Wii. It's fairly expensive. Um, but these days you've got... There was a version released on the 
3DS, or should I say, it's only available on the new 3DS, which is a specific variant of it. Um, so there's that. I don't know. I would. I'd probably recommend a Wii, you know, a, a version to play on a TV. I can't imagine playing it on a portable. No, me neither. But it's there. It, it is there. The option's there, and I think it's maybe best of all, you can download it on the Wii U. Mm. So if you have a Wii, and it costs. Uh, I know in pounds it's like eighteen pounds, which is a freaking which bargain. Is, which is more than I like, mean, I, in the shops I've seen it on online. It usually sells forty, fifty, sixty pounds. Mm. So it's a bargain price wise, and on the Wii U, you can play it on the gamepad. Yeah, so you yeah. you can play it off TV. Absolutely. So you know you have the sort of um, best of both worlds there, and it's just um, yeah, kind of spectacular. And one of our favourite games, I think, definitely. I think definitely one of definitely one of my favourite games of all time, and 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 I don't say I really don't say that lightly, because that thing with Melia and Schultz pissed me (laughs) off a fucking lot. Okay, let's just draw it back to the start. Yeah, that pissed me off a lot. I really did. You know, for for a game, it's all that choosing. What the hell? Choosing your own destiny. I already I already went over this one. I think I think we are. But anyway, <laughs> that forgiving that. No, no. But sometimes you need to reiterate. Okay, you need to reiterate and reiterate <laughs> because that was just it. Really pissed me off. For anyone, there's people listening probably don't have a clue what we're talking about. There is a, you know, it's the main character and the love interest. There's a love triangle. A love triangle. I use that in okay, the most yeah. loosest terms because is it really um, is. Bella and Edward and um, Jacob, a love triangle. It isn't really, is it? Because we all know she's going to choose Edward. It's one of those situations, guys. Okay. All right. Stupid fucking Twilight. Stupid fucking draw it, draw it. Let's draw oh. it back to Twilight, shall we? As we close this out. Renesmee. Uh, anyway. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for... <laughs> I don't know what that... Look, I, I know, I, probably people listening to this are probably thinking we did, we did an awful job of like summarising what this game is about and, and what it does. It was more about just putting this Operation Rainfall trilogy to bed. Yeah. Just have this over just with it. This is showing our incompetence and Adrian's lack of willingness to edit. Exactly. This is our favourite of the trilogy. I think that's that's blatantly obvious. Um, it was... last, last story is... Is is good. I enjoyed that. And um, Pandora's Tower is is good, but in not, some not ways, quite it's as the good. most interesting though. Pandora's Tower, I feel. Oh, I agree. I I'd agree the with most, that. It's the weird. One of the it's weirdest the game I've ever. One of the weirdest games I've ever played. And yeah. I'm not. Yeah, but I I would recommend them all in for yeah. very different reasons. Yeah, and and I have heard of you know some people prefer the last story to Xenoblade, and I do because they're on drugs. <laughs> well. <laughs> Because they're, they're I, smoking, they're smoking weed. But by the way, I have never smoked weed in my entire life. And I've never drunk alcohol in my entire life. But. <laughs> but. I'm so confused right now. Be- what? Because. <laughs> Why are you telling me Because I'm already on this higher level of, like, higher vibration. I think if I, I like, smoked drugs, I would just explode. But I'm just saying this because if I, I can imagine only people that would if like... If you could see what, what Maya was doing, like, the, the praying mantis pose that she's in right now, then you would understand why. <laughs> she's absolutely right. Genuinely. Um, but, yeah, I can only imagine someone who's very high liking the last story. It's just like, oh, goes, you know, going straight through that as opposed what? to Zen and Blade. Although, I guess... <laughs> They're just different. I, 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 yeah. I do understand. One is a trip and one needs a trip. <laughs> mm. I can understand it, although, but personally, 
it's an it's just you want to go a, it's on so the trip e- it's so easy on a trip it's a no-brainer for me I'm, uh... all right well thank you for listening to another don't do drugs ramshackle Bye. very ramshackle episode of a very very gaming show uh we'll be back soon hopefully yeah um yeah oh, oh, yeah see ya and thank you Maya for joining me <laughs> <laughs>